0: This is Jerry Fox, and the verdict is in. And I want to tell you: if you're sitting out there and you're listening, you're important to us. Every human being is important to us. And I think the message of today is that you have to be a compassionate person. Don't divide. You see somebody and you don't understand them, show them compassion. That I really want you to try to live a life of compassion. You'll be very happy. Now, more importantly, I have promised that I'm going to get guests that will stimulate your thinking and educate you. And here's another great one. I have Kathleen McMorrow. Kathleen McMorrow is the principal and chief strategy officer for the Communications Optic LLC. Now, what is the Communications Optic LLC, you might ask? It is a public relations and integrated strategic marketing communication company, and public relations is huge, huge, huge. Many of you, you know, and we're going to talk about it, are involved when you watch, when you do Instagram or a social influencer and all these messages are bouncing around. Well, there are companies and people who want to have an organized and controlled and strategic message. And hence, that's why you would talk to Kathleen. She founded the Communications Optic, In 2018, following senior leadership roles at public relations firms in New York City and Los Angeles, that's bi-coastal, as well as experience managing her own sole proprietor public relations consultancy, the communications optic was born of Kathleen's passion to create a New Jersey-based public relations firm with the requisite depth of bench to serve a diverse local, national, and international clientele. And let's clap out for another woman in business. Yes, love it, I love it. At TCO, Kathleen and her team meld the arts of public relations, integrated strategic marketing communications, and reputation management to develop a positive and resonating brand message for each client that remains consistent across all communications, marketing, and media platforms. And that's so important. If your message isn't consistent, you're gonna lose a lot of people because they'll That don't have, by the way, people are very impatient. So if they think your message isn't even understandable, they'll just click off. All right, Kathleen, I love talking about this. Tell us about your firm's unique approach to managing public relations and integrated marketing communications. What sets you guys apart?
1: So my pet peeve, and thank you for having me on, Jerry, I've enjoyed the podcast and learning from all the different kinds of folks that you bring onto this platform. So hopefully today I'll be sharing some information about the art of PR that people have not heard before. So getting back to your question, I founded the communications optic because I got very concerned about messaging Getting fragmented across various communications channels within the same enterprises, which is not a great strength for building, for engendering trust, for driving business development, because it confuses your prospect. And so, the idea of clear, cohesive messaging, starting with your website, going into your publicity remaining true across your social media platforms and in your speaking engagements and brand events is absolutely critical if you want to connect effectively with an audience that can buy your products, support your cause, and drive development for you. And you'll also get a much nicer return on your PR and marketing investment if you follow that relatively seemingly obvious simple path. But what has happened over the years is that Various types of communications agencies have sprung up and there may be specialists in one area, but they don't handle another area. So enterprises have often had to hire multiple advisors in these fields who are not speaking with each other. The communications optic is what, where we bring it all together on one platform and offer comprehensive service.
0: Yeah, well, there are so many, there's television and radio. And now there's podcast advertising, I know that for a fact, and there's people who advertise on social media platforms, Mm -hmm. and you have all of those different areas. Maybe you can give us, without naming names, a story that the audience would hear and understand where a company got its messages mixed, and they came to you and you straightened that out.
1: Sure, I'll lead with one near and dear law firms, Um, a particular law firm that I helped a while back was having a challenge because internally, their attorneys all had a different perspective on what the law firm stands for, what the law firm is about, and who the law firm seeks to serve. And most people inside of an organization often describe the organization or speak about the organization from the lens of their own role, and very little is done to bring people together And educate about a clear, comprehensive message. And the most important brand influencers you can ever meet are the people inside of your own enterprise. They're the folks that are out and about. God willing, we're getting back to all that right now. And you can go to a cocktail party and meet Sharon, Joe, and Jeff. You've had conversations with each of them. At the end of the evening, you're looking at their business cards. And it's never occurred to you that they all work for the same company because they described the company in such different terms without clear messaging. How do you engender trust when your message is all wrong from that perspective? So, while each person should be using his or her social media, such as LinkedIn, as a publishing platform, when they speak about the organization, you should be empowering your team members to have some clear, consistent language there because that's really how others are perceiving the company based on whoever they are connected to, who they need related to that enterprise.
0: Yeah. And, and that's making sure everyone's in sync on what we call the elevator pitch. Yes. Not everyone who works for you is going to be a natural in marketing, but if they're going to be at a cocktail party or an event or talking to people in any context, they have to get the message right in terms of the elevator pitch. What do you guys do? And when somebody asks you that question, it's really, what are the things that you're gonna say that are gonna set you apart from your competitors? You can't sit there and talk for 10 minutes and no one wants to hear just what you do narrowly every day if you're an associate or a junior partner. They wanna know what separates you.
1: Exactly.
0: Now also, I would imagine you have a problem because you know, 20 years ago, this didn't exist, 15 years ago, maybe it didn't, but when executives of a big company shoot out social media because they're just thinking this is my point of view, and the company gets in big trouble for it. And then you got to come in, you got to crisis manage it because they said something that was insensitive or incorrect, but suddenly now that's being attributed to the company. You know, people are saying that's how the company thinks. And Well, it probably isn't how the company thinks. It's about how this one executive, and maybe even not be how they think. They just sent out a message without thinking about it. And a lot of people do text out, you know, when they're drunk or when they're just, Mm -hmm. when they're rushing and they're driving or they, you know, so have you had those situations?
1: Absolutely. We've had challenges related to social media. One of the most important things for any enterprise to remember, it doesn't matter how small you are, how large you are social media must be respected as media. If you wouldn't say it to the New York Times, don't say it on a social media platform. You prepare very well to be interviewed by a major national publication, even trade media, even a local media. You should put preparation and content strategy and vision into your social media. And you really should have a policy for your organization where when it comes to using their social media, speaking in any way, shape, or form about the company, that there should be some degree of clearance and agreement on what will be said. And that means getting the CEO on board so that or she is not espousing opinions that might ultimately run counter to what the stated mission of the company is so very important to have a social media policy in place that reflects the publicity or editorial media strategy
0: yes very important and i think you have to tackle with your executive team and then your executive team with their teams some of the more sensitive issues today that you don't wanna be talking on the wrong side of because it would be foolish and suicidal. And if you just randomly think everyone's gonna be in line and be careful about what they say, you're wrong, right?
1: Absolutely. You know, for most organizations, it is best to be non-controversial and apolitical, unless you are affiliated for whatever reason with a particular philosophy. It is better. You never know who you might be alienating. So try to avoid the hot button issues and try to really speak from your experience and from a compass of service as much as you possibly can. Absolutely. That's what really drives engagement. Try to be a service and not a critic with your social media. And also, you know, in your editorial policy, when the C-suite is being interviewed by any media organization, whether it's a huge national or international publication, or it is a smaller trade publication, try to err on the side of not being hypercritical, but being a servant leader.
0: Yeah. And I, I can share this tip and see if you agree here. You know, I had to do a lot of thinking because I talk a lot and I speak a lot and I write a lot. To me, the advice I give all of my clients who are, you know, I I report to boards and executive teams. You have to kind of find a common ground that everybody can agree on and speak about that. And I spend a lot of time now talking about kindness. Now, you know, if someone's going to criticize me for talking about kindness, then I don't worry about that because they're going to stand out as a person who is is anti-kindness. And kindness is something that all human beings look for, appreciate, and it helps you understand better other perspectives. And if you can take something simple like that, I believe in kindness, kindness to all human beings. That is a, a safe island, if you're going to be publicly speaking, and a good island to stand on. It's a building block. Now, what are the biggest misconceptions that enterprises have about media and social media?
1: Sure, that first of all that social media isn't media, that you can be more casual with what you say and do, so referencing some of the earlier behaviors we just covered, and having a very casual attitude or not even making social media a part of the entire marketing strategy and the entire public relations vision, but leaving it out or jettisoning the responsibility onto another corporation, an outsourced organization without giving them real guidance and engaging them. And some social media companies will be tasked with coming up with content and they're not necessarily very aware of the mission or closely aligned with what the firm is doing or understanding the overarching public relations strategy. So it's very important to make sure that everything about the brand messaging is married up across platforms. And again, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to respect social media as media. Treat your LinkedIn, your Twitter, and all your other social media as though you're speaking to the New York Times because you are speaking to the readers of the New York Times. People are getting more and more information from social media today. They're going directly to the channels. Often like this one, Jerry, where people are going to podcasts and they're turning to YouTube for information. And so more and more where there's been some distrust recently of mass media, people are going to social media to learn about your company. Make sure you're putting your best foot forward there and being very clear that your messaging aligns with your mission.
0: Yes, and I should also point out, being the trial lawyer extraordinaire that I am, that I litigate at a very high level for people at lower rates, you know, when I'm working up a case, I go to social media, and I'm still surprised at how many executives say things they should have never said, just sloppiness, and they step right into a legal issue. So, you know, be alert when you're speaking, you're speaking to the world. Exactly. There are more and more communication channels, it seems like, every day for people to communicate about products and to advertise on or to send a message out? How can you get them all to work together to create a cohesive identity?
1: So you really should work on, first of all, start for your mission, your values. What does your enterprise stand for? What are you seeking to contribute to the world? Is it just a product or service? Or is there some larger impact you're trying to make? And lead with that as the values and then design your key brand messages around that, which are going to become your speaking points to the editorial media, your speaking points on social media, and in your speeches and your branded events and conferences you may hold. These are going to be values that ring true. And of course, in your advertising. So we're not an advertising agency per se, we don't create ads, but we advise on the copy because it should be consistent with the overarching public relations vision and schematic. And so we will work with ad agencies to help make sure that the brand messaging doesn't go askew from everything we've already established so hard from creating or editing a website to convey a message and then making sure that carries through in publicity, social media, events, and speaking engagements. Advertising has to pair into that too.
0: What role will live events and webinars play in the PR process as we emerge in the post-COVID era?
1: Well, I think one of the gifts is we're all aware of going through this really challenging time has been that many organizations were able to broaden their reach virtually. So I do think a virtual component of conferences, even as they transition back to live events to reach those people who wouldn't necessarily be able to travel to attend a dedicated conference, I think we're always going to see some degree of enabling a fuller audience to engage virtually via video platforms and perhaps podcast interviews from the show, live podcasting, Facebook Live, et cetera. I think that is here to stay. And I think it's because the footprint was able to increase so effectively for so many enterprises and organizations during the time of COVID.
0: Yes. Now, you know, when I think about the challenges for an advertising agency and the client themselves, First, the client has to, I think, work with you to decide what platforms are effective for them. When I I used to just let the phone ring and then I decided, no, I need to market. So I hired a branding company and they decided they'd spend a lot of time growing my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts and giving me my metrics. And they'd report with great excitement that you're all over these places. Then we had a discussion. I said, but I get hired by business owners and general counsel and jury consultants. I don't think they're really looking to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's more like, you know, younger generation and it's very social and individual and nothing. It's not. I don't think anyone's going to go there to hire a law firm. But I spent a year and a half paying that company before I woke up to the reality that I didn't need any of those platforms. I remember thinking like, wow, you know, so how often are companies using platforms, that are a waste of time. And is that the type of thing where if I walked in and I started talking to you, you would have helped me identify early on that that's not going to be a useful platform?
1: That is often the reason why the communications optic gets phone calls uh, for new business pitches, that we have had corporate law firms that were wasting tons of money on Facebook advertising when what they needed was to be able to broaden the reach of their thought leadership starting with transforming their LinkedIn into robust publishing platforms because that actually influences your editorial engagement as well. Today, newspaper, trade journal, reporters, are, and CNBCs of the world are looking at everything. They vet so thoroughly before they interview someone. And so you want to make sure that you're doing the best to control the messaging of the media that is within your control and stop wasting resources on media where you're not going to find your prospects, regardless of if we're talking about a law firm or we're talking about a not-for-profit organization that's trying to drive fundraising. Why would you want to spend time not meeting your prospects where they are? You want to meet your prospects where they are, and you want to be very conservative with your resources to do that. And it's often why public relations is a better spend because of the fact that there's an implied third-party endorsement when you are featured in a newspaper or trade magazine article or interviewed on a major broadcast or cable platform. It's basically the media outlet saying, this person has something important to say. This enterprise is newsworthy. They're innovative, they're changing the world, they're doing something different that's worth taking notice of. You won't get that out of advertising ads and pay-per-click. There's a very different impact happening and it basically is usually much less expensive than it is to spend all that money on advertising which may or may not be an effective hit for you.
0: And do you help some of your clients if they wanna, they have people who can speak publicly on topics that are interesting, get speaking events?
1: Absolutely. Again, that's just another useful tool in the quiver to us. Speaking engagements are very important. And let's face it, the reach and depth of speaking engagements actually exploded with all the webinars and seminars and people who couldn't get together in person found new ways to communicate and new audiences to reach that are very effective and very much aligned with their bottom line. So we've always thought speaking engagements and also creating branded conferences for the enterprises that we represent, having a breakfast series, having a webinar series, having a dedicated video or podcast interview show has been very, very effective strategies for all of our clients in all areas of endeavor because we're a very diverse company in terms of who we represent.
0: Yes, and you know, I discovered early on in my career that if you can speak publicly and hold your audience, you can't speak in a monotone voice you can't be dry, speaking at a conference is huge. First of all, your handout materials are sitting on everyone's chair before you get up and speak for 45 minutes, your featured speaker, your names on all of the billboards and things they put around. So, And then if you're interesting, and I think it's fun to speak publicly and really wake the audience up, then when you're done, there's always a line of a large portion of the people who want to know when they can talk to you next and take your business card, which is very different than just going to the conference and just sitting there and meeting the five people around you, you know, so getting out there and speaking, I think people who speak for their company do a huge service at conferences.
1: And thought leadership is in so much high demand, no matter what your expertise is, there's an audience that is hungry to hear from you.
0: Now, you know, let's touch the important topic here. Yeah, you know, the human race, thankfully, is growing in terms of its appreciation for women, people who are Black, people who have, are Asian or Latino, people who have been treated secondarily as a lesser or you know, lower class, which is absolutely insane, yes. but I never saw their reasoning in it. I think it's absolutely stupid. I have a mom who was successful in business. I think to distinguish based on pigmentation of skin is asinine. I think that the, the big issue is equal opportunity. And I think we need to get on top of that. But if you're an organization now, you need to be saying the right things. You can't just send a message out there and you know all of a sudden that insensitive to the different races, the different sexual orientations, the different religions. That is a big responsibility because you have to take a step back and say, could someone be offended by this? And I could do a, a segment on ads that went up 10 years ago, and a lot of them would offend somebody. How do you guys tackle that with your clients?
1: It's been very prevalent in social media as well, putting up posts that may contain epithets and things that were treated as humor in the past that are not humor anymore, that we see that we inflict hurt and pain and offense on others when those sentiments are publicly put on display uh, because it sends a terrible message. So we always start with things to stay away from as well. As much as you know, we earn our income by spreading the word about our clients, we never want them to be associated with certain types of messaging that will always be off-brand, will never be supportive to the audience, will never resonate well, and will never help them look like they are doing work that is beneficent. So for us, we really look at, you know, here are some areas that we want to make sure you stay away from. And we want anybody who has any possibility of tweeting or posting or speaking to the media to be very, very well trained, have good media training because media training applies to social media as well. So we go over that very early on in the engagement in terms of, What are the brand messages? And what are areas that we want to stay away from? And oftentimes, some of it does involve taking a stand against injustice and something wrong. Sometimes there's a better way to go where being silent doesn't make sense either, particularly to certain types of enterprises. Get involved, show you care.
0: Yes, and I champion that and I love your energy. So how do you charge for your services? Because there might be some, you know, I I think it's a really fun moment when a business gets to the point where they can afford an advertising agency if they pick the right one. And that's what today's about, because if you don't, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. How do you charge?
1: So we mostly work off monthly retainers for long-term engagements, and we usually try to create a six-month minimum because when you're working with editorial media and you're reimagining social media, you really need to put in a lot of energy on the front end and a lot of publications will have long lead times. There are times that within two weeks, we have a client that has a great story in the New York Times. And there are other times where the big story comes out some months into the engagement. But, you know, overarching public relations messaging is a long game. But monthly retainers tend to be a great savings for the client because we're there for you when you need us almost 24-7. I mean, we work all the time. We're always in touch. We understand that crises break out over the weekend. We know things happen after hours, right? That's when things get really interesting sometimes. And so you can't be with an agency that's keeping nine to five hours and isn't really heavily engaged. So we find that affordable monthly retainers are the way to go. And it's seems to be working very well for our clients. And historically, when I was at other public relations agencies, that was usually the particular type of arrangement that provided the most value to clients. Now, occasionally, we will do some shorter term project work as well, and we'll agree to a flat rate for that. But that's usually the process.
0: And do you guys ever employ social influencers? People who are out there, you know, taking pictures of them wearing a certain pair of jeans or drinking a certain soft drink.
1: So we do work with social influencers. So usually we will do that as part of a social media outreach. You know, we work with an organization that has a meditation platform. And so we are engaging others in the health and wellness space who are key influencers to get involved with that particular platform. And so we can, of course, you know, stage certain events and have certain people wearing a client's clothes, wearing a client's logo, doing things like that. I mean, that's all part of the brand perception that you're creating. But you also want to make sure you pick that right kind of person. Right. So we want to pick people who align well with the ethos of the brand, not just celebrity for the sake of celebrity or influencer for the sake of influencer.
0: Now, you, I think, service clients all over the world.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we have clients that right now are on uh, five continents in terms of their reach. So yes, and we have had a long legacy of international clientele.
0: Well, that's very important. So listen up if you're in these other countries. This is a company, it's uh, started by a woman. It's open to diversity. It is clever and it knows how to coordinate your message and teach your team so you're not off message. And boy, is that important to your company. When you have a company, you've got to be thinking about these things. How do all the people who are listening saying, I've got my pen, I've got my pad, how do I get in touch with Kathleen's company? How do they do that?
1: All right. So you can reach us at T as in the, C as in communications, O as in optic, hyphen, PR as in publicrelations.com. You can reach me at 973-665-8167. You can reach me through email at kmcmorrow at tcopr.com, as well as LinkedIn, where I am Kathleen R. McMorrow.
0: Well, I will tell you that once you have a service or a product, you should feel proud about it and you want to advertise it. And you want an advertiser that listens to you so they understand your product and service and we'll tie it all together you don't want one message on a podcast another message on social media and another one in a magazine again if you're inconsistent in your message in today's world you might as well not have a message well said so kathleen there are going to be a lot of people who i hope call you because they should and i want to thank you for your time and i want also the young women who are out there in the inner city or who are anywhere or in college college should be available to everyone i want you to be thinking you know you can call kathleen or email her because you want to have a career in advertising and i want young companies to stop thinking they're too small they're too young they're not ready for advertising kathleen's a great soul full of great energy a nice person don't you want to deal with nice people i sure do (laughs) and she's very good at what she does now if you can get a nice person who's really good at what they do then you've hit a home run so kathleen thank you very much
1: Thank you, Jerry. It's been a pleasure to speak with you. This podcast is a part of the
0: C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.